0: Hey, this is Pastor Brian. I want to welcome you to the Reach Church Podcast. We hope this message helps and encourages you wherever you are in life and brings you closer to Jesus. We hope you enjoy the message. Well, all right, we are in a, a new series. What I'm going to hit on over the next four weeks is stories from the Christmas story in scripture, but that apply to your life today. And the first one is we're going to talk about Mary. And uh, so if you would, if you turn your, turn your Bibles to um, Luke, Chapter 1, verse 26, and we're going to read this passage of Scripture. We're going to read a few verses to kind of put it into context, and we'll pray, and we'll get started. Uh, Luke 1, verse 26, it says, In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a village in Galilee, to a virgin named Mary. She was engaged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of King David. Gabriel appeared to her and said, Greetings, favored woman. The Lord is with you. Confused and disturbed, Mary tried to think what the angel could mean. Don't be afraid, Mary, the angel told her, for you have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you will name him Jesus. And he will be very great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord will give him the throne of his ancestor David, and he will reign over Israel forever. His kingdom will never end. Let's pray. Father, we thank you. God, for the plan that you had for us, God, to redeem us, that Christmas is so much more than what we may have made it culturally, Lord. We thank you that it is the redemption and the rescue of us from sin. So, Lord, we thank you today, God, for the rescuing of our own selves, God. And, Lord, we thank you, Lord, that you have a plan and a purpose for our lives through this. And, God, I pray that as we accept it and we run after it, God, that we will be able to make you more famous today than you were yesterday. Come on, if you believe that, you can say amen. amen. Um, the title of the sermon is called this, Christmas Almost Didn't Happen. Christmas Almost Didn't Happen. And uh, as I was thinking about this, I was thinking, you know, um, if you've, I've got a, 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 a game that I want to play real quick. You're like, at church? Yeah, I want to I play a game. So how many volunteers? I just need one volunteer, but let me see, let me see some hands. Y'all are like, ah, come on, let me see it high. I got to see it high. All right, come up here. All right, cool. So here's the deal. You can stay right there. You can stay right there. You got a beautiful present. So here's the deal. You can hold that. So this is what I'm going to do. I've got a Starbucks gift card, and I've got a box. There could be nothing in that. There could be a thousand dollars in that. Could be. It's a could be. This, there is definitely money on it. So it's the choice of which one do you want. You can hold this one too if you want to make sure it's got money on it. <laughs> it doesn't have any money on it. It doesn't have any uh price or anything on it. Just, you know. So it's just it's a Starbucks gift card that absolutely does have money on it, or it's a box that has Really cheap wrapping paper on it. Okay, you like the mystery. Okay, I'm proud of you. Okay, go ahead and open it up then. What's that? I don't know who wrapped it. Probably cat. Could be, yeah, it could be empty. Oh, Tina did it, okay. Oh, so there was something in it. Okay. he's like, I'm I'm making sure, all. okay, so some gift cards and some 20 bucks, and here you go, just because you chose that, there you go, all right, now, to be quite honest, he messed up my, my story, okay, but that's okay, because that was the risk I was willing to take. Because in life, most of us, if we're honest, we're like, get the Starbucks card, take it, take it. But you were kind of hoping he would open up the box for you just to see what was in it. But if you were there, you would have probably taken what was guaranteed. Because right, like in life, that's kind of how we tend to live life. We tend to live life where we can get the quickest resolution in our lives. When something is risky and there's an opportunity for reward or risk, we oftentimes say, I'll just take the Starbucks gift card. I know there's money on it. I don't really want to mess with what's in the box. However, and what was in the box was better, but it's not always the case. And in this story, as I'm reading the story of Mary and hearing Gabriel coming to her, and he's saying, hey, look, you can have the Starbucks gift card. You can have your life. You can have the predictable, the know it, and you know what your future looks like, or you can take this mystery box, and you can allow me to become a part of your story. And as I was thinking about that, I was thinking, do you realize how one decision would have changed the way that we see Christmas? Because you've got to understand, the story of Christmas mattered because it had to come through the lineage of David. Christmas had to, I mean, Jesus had to come through the lineage of David. And Mary was marry, marrying David. That's kind of tricky, right? Mary was marrying David. And so it had to come through his bloodline. And if it wasn't Mary, he, they would have had to wait for a whole other generation for Jesus to come. Now, y'all you, you are confused, right? Yeah. I'm sorry, Joseph. Thank you. Another Brianism for you. (laughs) Okay. So so Joseph, right, it had to come through the bloodline of David. And Joseph was that man. And Joseph was marrying Mary. And so, therefore, it was chosen for Mary to, to carry out the lineage of Jesus coming. And here's this situation where she is weighing the Starbucks gift card and the mystery box do I want my life? I'm, in, I'm about to be engaged. This is the plan that I have for my life. This is what I want. And this is what I was going to chase after. It's so predictable. It's, it's what I can see. It's what I can obtain. And then all of a sudden, Gabriel, the angel comes and interrupts her story and says, hey, here's a mystery box. Here, how about my plan instead of yours? You realize that Christmas was one decision away from not being a reality. Now, we know ultimately God would have made it happen. But it would have, it would have happened differently through somebody else. And, and this is the reality of every one of our lives today. I think that most, most of us need to understand is that we have way more in common with Mary than we would like to admit. We have way more that every day there's a plan that God has for your life right now. That there is a plan. He is holding this mystery box in your your life saying, Hey, this is the plan. I can't give it all to you. I can just tell you it's a box and it's wrapped. Do you want it? Or you can take this life that you have and you know you can get somewhere, but it's not ultimately going to be the life that I have for you. Mary, she's a sinner. She's got mistakes in her life. She's got things going on in her life that she's made bad choices before. She's made, she's made mistakes, right? I think you can relate to that, right? You've not ever been perfect. You've made mistakes. You've made bad choices. You've made errors in your life. You can relate to Mary. I don't deserve that. There's no way that God could use me in that significant, in that significant of a way. Like, there's so much that we have in common with Mary. You see, when we let selfishness respond... It can literally strip the plan of God away from your life. Mary could have easily, which, I mean, if we're really, really looking at this from a, a, a right now story, most of us would choose our wedding over being impregnated by the Holy Spirit. Right? I know we read the story and be like, oh, no, I would 100%. No, you wouldn't, because there are times right now that you can't even be, be put in the plan of God because of things you want. Right? Like, there's this, There's this reality of God wants to give you plans for your life. He wants to give you something so unique for your life. And you have to make the decision. Notice that the angel did not tie up Mary and say, this is what you're going to do. He gently came to her and said, hey, and you can insert your name there. I have something unique I want to do with your life. I have something very strategic I want to do through your life. And while this may be thousands of years ago, that same statement and phrase has not changed today. God still wants to do something unique with your life. Something very intentional with your life. And you have to choose whether you want your life or you want the life that God has for you. This is the story of Christmas. This whole thing comes out as we see Mary's life unfold and she desires to say, okay, God, she even, she's, at least she's willing to consider it. Where are you at as a person? If God was to come to you today and say, hey, I want to, I want to do something with your life, would you even consider it? Would you be like, nope, I've, got, already, got, I've already got A plus B plus C figured out and that's the way I'm going. Because that is a reality. I think that's a challenge for us. But the first thing that I want you to see is this, is that God uses imperfect people to participate in in his plans. Some of you have eliminated the fact and the idea that God could even use you because you're not perfect, because you've messed up too much. This is the beauty of the Christmas story, is, is the reality that God chooses to use imperfect people to participate in his plans. Do we have anybody in here this morning that can relate to that? Right. That means every one of us have hope that God can use us for whatever it may be according to his plan, that God can use us in a specific, unique way that can change the world, that can transform it. See, God's plans all are always contingent on you allowing them to become your plans. God has plans for your life. But they are always contingent on, are you willing to let them become a part of your plans? God does not come in and force the call of God on your life, the plan of God on your life. You can see it throughout the entire world that there are people not serving God and they have nothing to do with God, right? Because they have chosen their plan. Now we pray that God will eventually touch their heart and they become convinced that God has a better plan for them. But while God may have one of the most incredible things for your life, until you let it to become a part of your life and your plan, it's never going to become a reality. Mary, in this moment, had to let the plan of God become her plan. The idea of what God wanted to do in the earth, he had to allow it to become a part of her plan. And My question is, how many of us are open I mean, really open, like, like, are you really open to hear the plan of God for your life? Because it often comes in the most inconvenient times when it's going to cost you sometimes the most. See, I think we all want, we want our plan on a bargain. We want, we want the plan of God with it being discounted. The cost is, it doesn't cost us much. And the reality is, is that it cost, it cost Mary everything. In fact, my question even after studying this was, I wonder how long Mary went with the reputation that she's not, you know what I'm saying. Because this isn't apparently Joseph's, or well, we don't know, and the, the reputation that followed her maybe for the rest of her life until Jesus is hung on the cross, Right? What I'm getting at is that the plan of God is going to cost you. And while we may say, yeah, sign me up, are you willing to endure the cost? To really, to really consider that, I think we should really consider over the as we're transitioning over from one year to the next, God has a plan for your life. But are you willing to consider it to become a part of yours? Because we know that Gabriel said, hey, look, this is something Kevin sent me. This is what he's asking of you. The one thing that happened here in verse 29, it says confusion and confused and disturbed. Mary tried to think what the angel could mean. I think this is where a lot of us live, is when God does want to do something with our lives. We live in confusion and we live very troubled. But what is that going to take away from me? How is that going to affect me? And we put, we put too much of our discomfort in it instead of realizing, okay, God is always, if he's always good, then maybe I need to reconsider. But it's, I love how it shows the humanity of Mary. Because sometimes we don't really put the humanity of what's going on in Mary's life into the story. We're like, oh, Mary, we're telling Mary, you should do it. Like when we read the story, it's like, Mary, you need to do this. Well, what if I came to your life and God is wanting to do something? I say, hey, you need to do this. Like to take out the humanity takes out the whole, the risk and the, 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 the fear of him when he's waiting, like, well, do I do this one or do I do this? I know I'm guaranteed this, but I could open this and it's, and it's tissue paper. Like there are going to be risks and it is going to disturb you. It is going to trouble you. And if we're honest, that's honestly what really keeps us from really going after God fully is because it disturbs us and it troubles us. What is the true cost of this? What is it really going to cost? So, so confusion and worry are what tend to hinder the plan of God for our lives. That you, you, become, you, you, you go from, well, this, and then you begin to process reality. And reality means, okay, wow, if I say yes to this, this is going to interrupt my entire life. And here's the thing, I think too many times we put too much thinking and not enough, not enough trust in God in, our plan, in the plans that he has for our lives. We, we, we literally get too analytical with the call of God in our lives, the plan of God in our lives. And we're like, well, well, this, and if I do that, well, then that. And then Mary had in this moment, I mean, we see that in this whole conversation, in this quick dialogue, talking to an angel. And some of y'all are like, well, if I was talking to an angel, I'd probably do that too. Well, do you have the Holy Spirit? And he speaks to you all the time. And so I think that what we do is we try to be like, well, we may, let's bargain here. I can, I'm willing to do the plan of God, but let me have my first baby, then I'll do yours. But that wasn't. She needed, he needed a virgin. And the plan of God, is sometimes we try to negotiate the plan of God. With, we, we try to be like, okay, well, if you do this, I'll do this. There is no negotiating in the plan of God. And I'm, I'm getting somewhere here because I want you to see the, the nature of Mary and what she was willing to do. You see, what, what is happening here, she goes on and says, don't be afraid, Mary. Why is he saying that? Because she's afraid. He's saying that because he sees there is fear in her life and in her heart in this moment. There is going to, fear will always be the first to come to your life. Whenever God is asking you to do something, fear will always be the fastest thing, right? Like, it's like if you're just walking through your yard and you're just enjoying the summer breeze and all of a sudden there is a water, water, you know, water line just coiled up right next to the house, what is your first initial thing if your eye catches it? Snake, right? Fear is always the first thing that comes, and here's why. why. Why is fear? Because fear will keep you locked up and it will keep you running from the plan of God. Because fear tells you about all the risks and all the things that are going to fail and how you're never going to really become successful and how you're never going to make it work. Why do we need to get into, uh, get out of fear? Because fear, just, it determines the level of freedom we live in. It determines the level of joy we live in. So fear, she's saying, I love that the angel says, hey, look, don't be afraid, Mary. He's using, he's assaulting her fear and saying, look, don't let fear stop you from the plan of God. And my, my challenge for you today is how many of you have allowed a fear to strip you of the plan of God? Some of you have kept, you've, you've been postponing the plan of God for your life because of fear. Well, I'll get to it, God. I'll do it when I'm I'm retired. I'll get to it when when I'm this age. I'll get to it when this circumstance changes. I'll get to it when it's this. See, that's what fear will do. Fear will keep putting off the plan of God. That's why the angel addresses it in this moment and says, no, fear will keep you from running into the places that I have for you. Because freedom, how many of you all know, if you knew that you could live in freedom, you would chase it. But the reality is this fear will It steals freedom. Many of you right now are locked up in fear and you don't have the freedom that God has paid the price for simply because of the risk of the the unknowns. Mary had a lot of unknowns in this, but she was still willing to consider it. Let me ask you, have you even considered the plan of God? Are you even open for it? Are you open to it? If Gabriel was to come to your life, would you say, hey, man, I got things I got to do. I've I've already got my life planned out up until this point. You can come back and talk to me later. Like so many times we don't even have space for the spirit of God to speak to us. In verse 30, this is what, don't be afraid, the angel told her, for you have found favor with God. God. You can surrender to your fear or experience God's plan through you. But you can't do both. You don't get to live in fear and live in the plan of God. To to live in the plan of God, to live in the purpose that God has for you, you're going to have to step out of fear and trust God. In this moment, there, there is this choice where she's having to make a decision. Am I going to continue to keep choosing fear and let my finances determine whether I'm going to be obedient to God? Because I remember whenever, for my life, there was a point where I had to take the risk do I trust God and do what your, my plan is and do what the plan of God is for my life or not? And that set the course of the future of my life. Many of you, I've told you my story, but whenever I was, I just had a desire to, I felt like the Lord was calling me into ministry, and I didn't know what that looked like, I'd never had anybody in my, in my family ever be in ministry, it would have been, I was the first person ever, but I remember the opportunity came, I didn't feel like I could communicate enough, I didn't feel like I was good enough, I had too much of a past, I had a lot of things going against me, but I had to believe the plan of God was bigger than my past, than my present, and in that moment, I remember getting the opportunity to be able to take on a job that I'd already been in and I could have uh, all of this stuff. It was about a $70,000, $80,000 gig. This was in 20, 2008. Pretty, pretty incredible gig. And I turned it down for a $24,000 a year job. Most of you would say that's stupid. And it was stupid if it wasn't God's plan. But the reality is, is God has, what he's done through my life From then to now, I'm blown away at what God has done. But I would have never been able to experience that if the fear of finances determined what I did for God. If the fear of my ability determined what I did for God. Because some of you have limited what the plan of God is for your life based on your talent, based on your ability, based on your gifting. Did you know that God can grow your gift and your talent if you'll say yes to his plan? I'm not the same communicator that I was in 2006 and 7 and 8 because I've allowed the plan of God to have flourishing in my life and be able to grow into something. And how Mary was starting was not how Mary was going to end. And some of you all are looking at the plan of God like this, and it looks so crazy. And it's not until you step back that you get to see the full plan of God. For Mary, when she was, I mean, she's like, you want me to have a baby? How? And in this moment, she is either going to be so focused on this little thing instead of seeing the plan of God being so much bigger. And some of y'all are so zoomed into your own little life and your own little world that you can't even hear or see the plan of God for your life. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. <laughs> But it goes on and says this, he will be very great and will be called the son of the most high. The Lord God will give him the throne of his ancestor David and he will reign over Israel forever. The kingdom will never end. Mary asked the angel, but how can this happen? I'm a virgin. The angel replied, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the most high will overshadow you. So the baby will be born. So the baby being born will be holy and he will be called the son of God. What's more, your relative Elizabeth has become pregnant in her old age. People used to say she was barren, but she's now in her sixth month, for nothing is impossible with God. Nothing is impossible if you'll get yourself out of the way. Nothing is impossible if you'll get yourself out of the way. This really is what I wanted to hit on. and I was was doing a devotional a couple weeks ago, and as I read the devotional, I... As soon as I read it, I felt like the Holy Spirit said, you you need to talk on this. And I tied this to the story of Mary. Because here's the deal. Mary was one of the most selfless people you've ever seen in this moment. In this moment, she pushed her desires to the side. How many of you all know in your wedding day, when you're planning your wedding, like that's the biggest thing that you will do outside of salvation probably. Right? It's it's a big deal. And she pushes it off to the side and says, I've got to take care of this first. She would become the most selfless human being outside of Jesus in this moment. And that's where I want to hit on is is just spend a little bit of time here because I think this is what is robbing you of you truly fulfilling the call of God on your lives. When I say call, don't let that be mystical it's the purpose it's why god designed you because calling is like that kind of like becomes like minute it's like it's like only at church purpose is the the literal design when god said hey i'm going to make you this is what i'm going to put a purpose in you for yeah. and every one of you have that whether you are running from it scared of it embracing it like not re, like rejecting it whatever you may be in the middle of you have a purpose God designed you uniquely the way you are, with the gifts and the talents you are, just like he did Mary. But what steals it? Selfishness. Selfishness puts your priorities over God's. That's what happens. What would it have been if Mary said, hey, man, thanks for choosing me. I appreciate it. That's really thoughtful that heaven would even consider me. But I have something else that I really need to take care of, and that's I need to marry Joseph. Have you seen them? I mean, look at those shoulders. <laughs> right? Like, like, she could have easily chosen her priorities over God's. And honestly, that's what selfishness does. Selfishness will always choose you over God. The story of Christmas was contingent on Mary being selfless or selfish. Think about that. The plan of God for your life right now rests on whether you're selfish or selfless. That is scary when you think about it from God's perspective. Because, like, even for me, like my kid, if she's selfish or selfless, it doesn't matter because I will make her do what I'm asking her to do. I, if she, I'm going to tell her, you're going to clean your room whether you like it or not. That is the plan for your life today, <laughs> right? Amen. Yeah, amen. And Anaya, like, okay, we're working on it. the plan for me is for her to eat vegetables. And I have found out a trick. So I'm getting them in her a little bit at a time. <laughs> but she's still, yesterday, so what I did is Yaya made some applesauce with a lot of broccoli in it, mixed with applesauce, and it's heavy broccoli. And Naya tried it, she's like, mm, no. Literally, that's what she did. So I emptied a green applesauce, and I put that in it. Yesterday, I gave it to her, and I go, here you go. And she was looking at something, and she started eating it. She was like, she pulled it back, like, what the heck is this? And then she looked at the label because she knew the label. She was safe, and she went back to eating it again. <laughs> I was like, I got gotcha. you. But the reality is, is I feel like that's what God's got to do with some of y'all. <laughs> and he's got to trick you into things. And God just doesn't roll that way. Like, you got to be willing to say, yes, I'm in or I'm not. Okay. And selfishness will steal that every time. See, you can literally steal from your life when you love yourself too much. There, there is this thing that what you worship, you elevate in your life. Some of us worship us. Some of us worship our own desires and our own ambitions and our own dreams too much. Imagine if Mary would have said, you know what, I'm gonna do my own thing. I'm gonna worship me. I'm gonna, I'm gonna elevate my marriage and my wedding over everything else. Where would we be with Christmas? Where would we be in our lives with a Savior if it wasn't for Mary saying, you know what, not me, but you? See, self it, it it puts the priorities of ourselves over God. And, and I want to really put you in check this morning and say, look, hey, are you putting your priorities over God's? Because we all have dreams. We all have desires to take care of our families and and to be certain things, but could your priorities priorities be overshadowing God's? Because here's what happened with Mary: the Holy Spirit overshadowed her. Her priorities didn't overshadow God's plan. See, there are many external idols from that that and, and like like right now, like there are so many things competing for you. When you get off, when you leave today, you're going to get on. You're going to go to a restaurant, and they're going to be trying to get you to get dessert. They're going to try to tell you to upgrade. They're going to get you go to the, co- get in, you get in watching a football game later. There's going to be commercials saying, hey, you need this. There's so many external pressure. You're going to get on social media, and they're going to be telling you, you should buy this for your next friend. as for Christmas, right? There's going to be so many external things trying to get you. And those are dangerous. But the most dangerous is the internal one called self. Self is the most lethal thing to God's plan. And I think very few of us would say, look, I'm I'm not that selfish. How much of the plan of God are you fulfilling? How much of the plan of God and the purpose of God have you considered? Because see, Mary in this moment had to become extremely selfless to be able to do what she was going to do. So here's the quote that got me... Going down this whole rabbit trail. This whole sermon. There's two quotes that I'm going to read. This first one is this. The most seductive, and this is by Paul, David Tripp, in the New Morning Mercies devotional. This is what it says. The most seductive and deceitful of all idols is the idol of self. Listen is what he says. The most seductive and deceitful. See, it's, the problem is the thing with ourself is we want, it, it's seductive. Because how many of y'all have ever gone to a store and you, had, you were going shopping for somebody else, but you're the one that walked out with bags? <laughs> because self is seductive and it is deceitful. It says, no, you need those shoes. No, you need that shirt. No, you need that car. No, you need that. And you got lured into, I need it. You're right. Go ahead and put, give me two of them. And you walked out because the self is seductive and deceitful. So if it can talk you into shoes that you did not intend to buy, what what can it talk you out of with the plan of God? My question is for you is how many of you are letting the self in you, the thing that's so alive still, talk you out of the plan of God for your life? I remember when I was passionate for God, and I was like this, and I was willing to do whatever. But now that I've gotten a little older, I need to make sure that my retirement plan is this, or I've got to get this financially. The risk I was willing to take, I'm not really willing to take that anymore. Well, did the plan of God change, or did you just become more selfish? Because God doesn't change his mind. The reality is sometimes we feed the wrong thing. We worship the wrong thing, and what we worship gets elevated. Here's the other quote. This one was so big, I wanted you to be able to read it. And you can take a screenshot of it, and you can meditate it on this week. This is the one that that really got me. The idolatry that defeats us is usually not the worship of formal religious idols. In other words, it's not churchy things. it's It's not religious things. No, he says, but of a whole catalog of God replacements, the chief of which is self. You know, I got this in the deer stand, actually. I was sitting in my deer stand, and I was reading this, doing my devotionals, because I'm still, I'm still going to do my, my Jesus thing, even though I'm in the deer stand. And so I was reading my devotional, and I was like, man, I started taking notes, and this is the one that really got me. And he says this. So he says, so I am in desperate need of a redeemer who not only can protect me from external idols, but who can rescue me again and again from me. Here's the crazy thing about that is Jesus, God calls Mary to allow the Holy Spirit to impregnate her to actually rescue her from her. And she didn't even know it. See, Mary saved all of us by being selfless. Because because of her one act allowed the Holy Spirit to impregnate her to bring forth the Messiah, which would redeem and save all of us. Taking and being able to crucify the self that is so quickly and consistently there in our lives. See, I think a lot of us, we worship God on Sunday, but we worship ourselves the rest of the week. See, on Sunday, it's like, oh, we'll dedicate that day or at least that hour and a half or two hours to Jesus. But after that, it's I'm worshiping me. Here's the deal. I think that if for us to ignore the reality of the temptation that we, that ourself is really strong, that there are a lot of times we choose ourselves over a lot of other opportunities that God gives us. And maybe God is calling you to, to go witness to somebody. Guess what you tend to do? Well, I don't know what they're, how they're going to react. I don't know what they're going to say. I don't know. What are you doing? You're choosing your own comfort right. over God. Yeah. See, it's those little things that we really wouldn't say that that's what we do, but we really do. We choose ourselves so many times over the plan of God. Don't love yourself so much that you let the plan of God go for your own plan. Because at the end of the day... I promise you, your plan is never going to fulfill you like you think it will. You could say, if I have this much money in the bank account, if I have this type of car, if I have this type of house, if I have this type of whatever. I promise you, it will always fall short to the plan that God has for you. It will always fall short. I love the passage in John 3.30 where John's ministry is depleting and Jesus' is growing. And he says this thing, he says, I must decrease so that he can increase. We need to make that our prayer, that God, I pray that I would decrease so that the Christ in me can increase. I want to become, in the next five years, more selfless than I've ever been. Why? Because I become more open to the plan of God as things change. As things change, as the call of God, as I, as I decrease, the Holy Spirit can enlarge the plan of God in my life. And that's what's happening in this story is that she's like, but how can this happen? And I think a lot of us may have this in our questions in our mind, but how can that plan happen in my life? Well, how about you don't worry about that and you say yes. How about you don't worry about the plan that God's saying he's going to do. You just say, okay, God, whatever it is that you want to do. Because self will talk you into, oh, you've got time. You've got time. Don't worry about that right now. I know you, you do you know the plan you've been set up? You need to go ahead and fulfill that and be, be you know, go after it. And you're going to strip yourself of the very thing that God wants to do in your life. Verse 34, but how can this happen? Look, your one commitment is not to worry about how it can happen. It's to surrender to it. That's all your requirement is. For the plan of God to actually begin to come to fruition is to surrender to it. In that moment, when I was telling you about my job and the situation that I had, in that moment, I could have said, well, you know, and I could have gone through a bunch of different things. You know what I had to do? I said, I had to say, nope, I can't take that job. This is what I'm going to do. And I started that job the next week. But here's what I learned. That wasn't all the money that I was ever going to make. I was about to get married. So it's kind of a big deal. Like I'm having to now support a wife that I've said yes to and I love you and I want to take care of you. But I just took a $50,000 pay cut. You good with me still? You still love me? But here's the cool thing is that I ended up getting side jobs and I was able to do work on the side and God still provided. But he just didn't show me that part of the plan yet. Because he said he wanted to find out, do you trust me or do you trust you? And I think that's the same thing that Jesus is asking you today. Do you trust you or do you trust me? And now we finally get to the final part of this, verse 38. After there it says, for nothing is impossible with God. And Mary responded. Y'all, this is the most beautiful passage in this whole story. I am the Lord's servant. I am the Lord's servant. May everything you have said about me come true. Third and final point is this. You will experience from God what you make available to God. You have to make yourself available for the reality the plan of God to ever come to pass. In this world, it trains you to worship you. I have never had a commercial that says, hey, you should worry about others. I always see commercials about feeding me. When I walk into a convenience store, when I walk into a store, a shopping shop, shop, they're not like, hey, you should buy this for your friend or neighbor. You should buy this for you. The culture caters to the self, the one that Jesus gave his life for, for you to kill, for you to, to sacrifice, to give up. Here's the reality is that you have control of what God does through you. That's the scariest thing ever is that you have control over what God does through you. Mary had total control in this situation. It was up to her on what the future looked like through her. He didn't say, hey, God's coming, whether you like it or not, this is what's gonna happen. All of a sudden, you're gonna have a bump in your stomach and then nine months later, you're gonna be pregnant and you're gonna have this little child and his name's gonna be Jesus and I hope you like it because that's the plan. No, it was given to her And in that, she had to choose yes or not. And I know that this sermon is way easier to hear than it is to apply. Because every day we are taught to feed the self. And it's in such subtle ways. It's not like Gabriel showing up and saying, hey, I have the plan of God for your life. Do you want it? It's very subtle in the selfish ways. Because right, we go back to that quote. Self is seductive and deceitful. It it leans to the things that you already desire. That's the challenge. See, the potential was in Mary before she could see it. The potential is in you whether you can see it or not. It's there. What was already in me before I could see it was already there. God already saw me doing right now what I'm doing. I just had to trust that he could get me there. And God already sees the plan of God for your life, whether you were five years old in this room or you were 85 or 95. God already, ha- he still has a plan for you. It's are you willing to let him take you where he wants to take you? You guys can stand. Stand. I was finished with the sermon I read it I had written it on Tuesday and usually I get done Tuesday I kind of finish it up on Wednesday and I'm driving home Thursday after work and I was just I was I don't know if I was listening to a podcast I was doing something and all of a sudden I heard the Lord say something and this is why I always write my sermons early because I always want to give space for the Holy Spirit to still add to it's in a crock pot right it's getting, you know, it's marinating. And the Holy Spirit said this to me. Yes will kill all the parts of us that don't need to be alive. See, so her yes killed every other thing that needed to die. And some of y'all are like, what's the plan of God? Would God ever use me? Can you say the word yes? Because yes killed all the other stuff that needed to die. But many of us, we haven't said yes yet. So those things are still, they're still so alive. And Jesus is saying, hey, when will you say yes? And when you say yes, all the other stuff will die. I'll begin to kill off the self that's been trying to assault your purpose and your plan. Think about this for a second. Yourself internally, the selfish part of you is trying to kill and distill the plan of God for your life. It's trying to take away and say, hey, you don't need that, you don't need that, you need this. Be careful with the power of self. The story of Christmas is the story of Jesus coming to save us from ourselves. That's what this whole story of Christmas, when we get around the Christmas trees and we're celebrating and we're giving gifts, when's the last time you thought about it happening so that you could get rid of you? So that, so that the selfish part of you could be eliminated. That's the whole point of Christmas, right? Like you give a gift because you're saying, hey, this is not about me today, it's about you. So I'm giving you this gift because I've been thinking about you and not about me. That's what Mary did. Mary thought about what does heaven want Over what I want. And the plan of God for you is contingent on you wanting what God wants for your life. And so I I just want to give you some things to think about this week. That how could you be robbing you from what God wants to do through your life? Because again, self is subtle, seductive, deceitful. So I just want to make space for the Holy Spirit to help you see maybe where you've been pushing off the plan of God, the purpose of God. It doesn't mean that you're... I mean, here, let me just be really honest. Just because I'm doing what I'm doing for Jesus doesn't mean I'm still not pushing off other things that God wants me to do. I think we get to the place where I'm doing stuff for God. That's irrelevant. The fact is, is that as God, are you doing what God's asking you to do? Are you willing to allow the plan of God to continue on? There are points in my life where I'm like, okay, the plan of God is more than just me pastoring a church and me having meetings with people and me discipling people and me doing certain things. There are there are bigger plans that God has for me. And I could easily say, well, man, our church is growing, finances are good, we're doing good. But what if God's calling me to something bigger and more unique and more significant than than where I've already been? I think sometimes we can easily be like, well, I've already look what I'm already doing. But what if God wants to do something new from you in your life? So that's what I want us to do is open up our hearts. And that we would consider. That's what self's gonna do right there. It's gonna cry and scream, okay? It's gonna think, no, I don't want that to happen. So just get ready. It's gonna kick and scream. Get duct tape and all that. You gotta, you gotta have it ready. But seriously, I want to I want to ask you that you would open up your heart and say, okay, God, what is it that you want me to do? God, what are you calling me to do? How how has myself gotten in the way of the plan of God? How have my own desires and my my own dreams derailed the plan of God? So, Father, I lift up every single person in the room. And God, they can't argue that they were designed with a purpose. God, because your word says, even in Psalms 139, God, that you knit them together. God, you don't make anything without a purpose. It's outside of the nature of who you are. So, God, every person in here was created for a purpose, a plan. And, God, I pray right now, God, that you would speak into their heart like Gabriel showed up to Mary, God, and you would speak into their lives, God, what it is, the plan that you have for them. God, that you would help them see what it is that you have for them. God, give them the strength to pray the prayer that John did. I must decrease so that you can increase. Come on, pray that prayer with me. I must decrease so that you can increase. Father, help us make it less about us and more about you. I thank you, Jesus, for what you're doing. Even in the room right now, God, the things that you were transitioning in the hearts of your people. We love you. We thank you. God, that you would go with us today and that you would speak into the hearts of your people the plan that you have for them. This morning, maybe you've never given your life or your heart to Jesus, that it's been all about your plan and what you desire and what you want. And this morning you realize that you need the plan of God to truly be fulfilled. That you know that you need to be rescued by the blood of Jesus. That you need to repent of the sins that you've been living in and give your life and your heart to him. If that's you this morning, I want to ask if you would just slip your hand up real quick. You say, that's me. That's me. I want to give my life and my heart to Jesus. Thank you for that hand. Anybody else this morning say, that's me. That's me. I need to give my life and my heart to Jesus. Pray this prayer with me, if you would. Say, dear Heavenly Father, I admit I'm a sinner, but I believe you, Jesus, died on the cross for those sins. I ask you, Jesus, become my Lord, my Savior. Reveal the destiny and the purpose you have for my life. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.